Welcome to the Illuminating Lives podcast. I'm your host, Israel Smith, and I'm here to share conversations with you about what it means to illuminate our own lives, to be comfortable in our vulnerability, to truly love and value ourselves, and then to be able to use that to light up our own life and shine that light with the people we love and care about the most. This is going to be messy, it's going to be vulnerable, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Welcome, let's get started. Welcome. Hello. This is another new episode of the Illuminating Lives podcast. And this is a special episode because two reasons. Firstly, it's the first episode where I've had a guest. And secondly, it's the first episode where I've been recording video as we go. So this is going to be an interview that you can both watch and listen to if you so choose. And I would like to make a very, very special, warm, excited welcome to my darling wife, Belle Smith of the root cause thank you baby i have to say it's quite nerve-wracking being on the receiving end of this <laughs> i think bell feels like it's you know she's she's on radio or something because i've got podcaster voice going at the moment it's very unusual it um is. so the reason i wanted to interview bell today is because the topic that i realized i needed to talk about this week is actually a topic that is right in bell's wheelhouse of the work she does with kids and with families for the root cause. So you may or may not be aware, I've worked with Belle in the root cause for probably most of the last six or seven years that it's been running. And um, it's only the last sort of six or eight months that I've started to step my way out of it into podcasting and into being a coach and doing some speaking and that kind of stuff. So it's exciting for me to stretch my legs, but I also have a very unique insight into the work Belle has done for so many years because I've been right there alongside her. Um, Now, what's the topic? Well, let me first set the scene. So this topic came up because we're currently in lockdown and one of the the, uh, side effects of that is that our kids are doing remote schooling, right? Yep. And so we've had this rhythm as a family now for the last week or two where We all get up at our own way and do a bit of a thing for ourselves in the morning, but then we actually go down to the beach together as a family. And one of the uh, beautiful things about where we live is that we're only about five minutes from the beach. The beach is amazing. It's not locked off with barricades because there's not many people that live where we live. And so we're actually free to go for walks and do exercise and go surfing and this kind of stuff. And so what we've started doing is getting the whole family together, go down the beach, spend a bit of time in the great outdoors, and then come home, the kids do their school, you and I do our work, and the world is a happy place, right? We've gotten some nature time and some exercise, and we're not breaching any COVID lockdown rules. So, Except for when the wheels fall off around the schooling, that's always an interesting diversion yeah, into the work day. True, true. Let's, yeah, full disclosure, yeah, sometimes <laughs> it turns to shit, you know? So, <laughs> um, but this week on, so we're on Wednesday now, Monday morning, uh, my daughter Indrani, who is 15, said, oh, dad, can I take out one of your surfboards? I want to go meet some of my girlfriends down the beach at 6.30 and go out for a surf. And of course, I said, yes, absolutely. But what's not apparent to you by hearing the start of this story is that this is probably about a 10-year adventure (laughs) at least, right? Like this would be at least 10 years of me desperately wanting my daughter to be a surfer. Like encouraging, buying wetsuits, buying surfboards, prompting, prodding, poking, 
You can probably see where this is Nagging. going. Nagging, fighting with, arguing, delivering ultimatums, getting angry, getting frustrated, pushing her away, all of the stupid crap. And one of the things that I had to learn a long time ago, and I'm talking at least a few years ago now when we moved to Crescent Head and I realized that my kids weren't simply going to take the lead from me and dive into the surf at the first opportunity is that I needed to let go and I needed to let both of my kids just take their own journey through surfing if it was going to be a part of their life. And there was no guarantee that it was. No, and let's be straight here. That didn't happen when we first moved here. That's taken quite a bit of time for you to get to there. So I'm getting totally called out here. You are because of the first probably one and a half years of that you were still so intent on trying to get them in the water when you were in. Right. So the key of this episode today is the distinction between letting go versus attachment. Hmm. To me, letting go is the key to success in anything in life. I've really come to believe that and hold that as a truth for me in my life, that the more I want something, the more I get attached to it, the less likely it is to come about because we end up kind of death gripping, like we're kind of, you know, clutching the steering wheel with white knuckles just to try and get the car to bloody well go where we want, (laughs) even when there is a a veritable maelstrom of crap going on around us, right? Like the last 18 months, two years have been bonkers. I don't need to explain any of that. Everyone gets Mm. it. But despite all of that, when we get really attached, we think that we can control not just our own actions, but the actions of everybody around us and the universe and society and the government and everything. And it's a fool's errand. Like there's just no way, right? Is there, we can't control anything other than if you think about, and I've talked about this on episodes about responsibility, you draw a circle around your feet, everything inside that circle is what you can control. Everything else is outside of our control. So letting go, man, I started teaching Indrani to surf when we lived in Coogee in, it would have been probably 2011-ish, 2011-2012. I started going to Fluoro Friday at Bondi with the crew down there not long after that kicked off. And I'll put a link in the show notes to Fluoro Friday and the One Wave Gang, which is an amazing initiative about mental health and well-being combined with surfing. But we'd start going down there and we'd get dressed up and put fluoro zinc on and have a good fun in the morning. Ah, now there's the key. Good fun, right? Uh Uh-huh. So when it was fun, she was all right with it. Right. But when you started getting significant about it. This is true. Almost to the point of pressuring in her eyes. It was like resistance, right. hands up. So, and so casting our minds back to when we lived in Coogee and I was going to one wave, going to Fluoro Friday with Indrani, and then we would take our Christmas holidays up here at Crescent Head for two weeks between about Boxing Day and the 10th of January, somewhere in that window. And in my head, I was thinking to myself, this is the perfect opportunity for Indrani to learn how to surf because we're at Crescent Head. It's small waves. It's uncrowded. It's all of the things. And so I would get so attached to every single day she'd have to come out on the surfboard with me and I would get really intense about it. And as soon as she'd get on the board, I'd be telling her all the things she needed to think about and all the things she was doing wrong. And again, I'm sure for the parents in the audience, you get this, you understand that this is like a recipe for a crash and burn. But I didn't see any other way. I thought I had to force this issue. And consequently, I took out all the fun 
I added so much more pressure, so much more meaning, so much more attachment and significance to this. And it led to, well, you tell me, what did it lead to from your perspective? Oh. <laughs> and no, it's okay, I can take it. So, oh, Total and utter resistance and tears and uh, avoidance. And that was just and... me. What about in driving? <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. Now, you would get so pissed off. Like you just could not. You couldn't get your head around why she wouldn't want to go out in the water. And, you know, I mean, at the crux of this was we discovered it's, it's your story. You know, you had this notion of you would have loved to have been able to surf with your dad more. And so you wanted that so desperately for your kids oh, and without consideration for where they were at and right. whether they wanted it. Exactly. I mean, it was also about, for me, well, if they only learned how to surf way younger than what I learned, it'd be so much easier for them. They'd become like the next world champions. It'd be incredible. And this is still, in context, this is still me living in the Sydney kind of mindset of, Mm. you know, everyone has to be overachievers. Everyone has to sprint through life and conquer the universe by the age of 14. (laughs) And if you don't, then you're a bloody failure, you know? So, So it's taken me a long time to get distance from that as well and just... I suppose, show compassion and generosity and grace to this idea that we're all on our own journey. We're all on our own path. And things happen in the time that they're supposed to happen. Like one of my most recent episodes about trust the timing of our lives. Things happen the way they're meant to happen. Things unfold the way they're supposed to, right? Like right now, being in like perfect example of letting go. I mean, Israel's been practicing it for a while now particularly around the whole surfing thing, just releasing, you know, like it's all right for him to go out and enjoy surfing, even if the kids aren't doing it. Oh, I still love it. I still get so much from it. But this week, it was a magical moment, and I captured it on the camera because it was so magical. But Indrani, you know, her friends are at the stage where they're going out, and now all of a sudden it's interesting her from her own, like this is her journey. The time is right for her now. Mm. And so that moment when, you know, she was out in the water and you were out in the water and then you were both walking back in, it was the ultimate of this is what's available when you just give up your own shit and allow people to come along for a ride when they're ready. Yeah. And that was just like the perfect story of letting go, you know. like Did you tear up? I did actually get uh, quite I a knew it. I knew it. You had your sunnies on, but I thought I bet there's a few <laughs> little sparkles in the eyes there. Uh, I did because I knew that it was something that was important for you, but also from the perspective that she actually saw it as fun for herself. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't, you know, here's the problem we have, right, as parents. We make everything about us. We don't realise. We think we're doing it for our kids. Mm. You know, we love them so much that we want all of this thing, but it's actually our stuff. It's not theirs. Absolutely. And we're making our stuff their stuff and then wondering why they're why they running a mile, yeah. you know. Um, and so to see the the smile on both of your faces and for your own reasons, yeah, you know? oh, like Indrani had just had a great time with her girlfriends. She'd, you know, she'd caught... Social no, distancing in the water, by the way. Of course, yes, minimum <laughs> one and a half metres away, very safe. Um, but there were no, 
like she didn't catch any waves, but she paddled around, she chatted with her girlfriends, enjoyed that early morning crispness and nice refreshing salt water and mm. just got, I mean, from my perspective, I think it's awesome because she's getting more familiar with what it means to be on a board. But I also had to really check myself when we were out in the water to make sure I wasn't doing my old habit of diving in and say, oh, do this, do this, sit over there, da, 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 and just make it really intense. So I just let her go. Again, like letting go, I just hands off. I thought, I'm going to surf. I'm going to catch some of my own waves. If she catches some, great. If we stop by each other and we have a chat, great. But I did not have any attachment to anything. Even if she dinged up my board, I actually wouldn't care because I'm just so grateful that she's just at the early stages of developing her own interest in this. Mm. And then, interestingly enough, the knock-on impact was her brother. Yes, straight away the next day. Dad, can we go surfing together? And then today, what happened today? Today I had both of them out in the water. So I took my son out for a surf on my little short board and he was in the water in the the sort of shoreys, the small waves close to the beach. And then I um, I let him come back in and dry off and I swapped boards and grabbed another board and, and went out to the point and had a few waves with my daughter. So it's like been this amazing coalescing of, this idea that, you know, for, for 10 years now, I've been gradually coming to terms with the fact that my journey is totally separate to the journey of my kids and that I needed to just release any attachment to them, even surfing ever. Mm. And, you know, like they may have decided they were going to go live in the middle of like a landlocked part of Australia in the middle of the West or something and play 10 pin bowls. Like I had no idea, right? But that's their journey. It's their life. It's their path. But for me to have reached that point has now given rise to the children feeling no pressure, mm-hmm. no stress, no intensity or significance from me. And they feel like they're free to just make their own choice and they're willing to explore because they're curious. So this whole expression here of, you know, releasing the significance, the attachment, the emotion, the intensity, all these things. And then the kids, because there's now this open space and there's none of that crap getting in the way, them getting curious and then trying something for themselves to make their own decisions about it. Mm. This is a perfect parallel to what you teach. (laughs) It is. Right? Like it's literally like I could have taken that straight from your playbook that you teach parents with your work. So why don't you tell us about specifically the letting go piece, but how that fits into, I know you have uh, a masterclass coming up and I know you have a membership where you work with families about exactly this, but particularly about food. So why don't you kind of give us a run through there? Yeah, well, I mean, this is really interesting, right? Because I only developed the Empowering Kids framework probably two years ago, but I- Trademark, copyright. (laughs) I, um, The very first piece of that is around letting go. And I got to that point, firstly, from my own personal experience, because when you were diagnosed with depression, there was a whole series of things that I started to change in the way we were living around food. That's how I got into this work, right? And there was a point where every single day I was desperately trying to get you to have a green smoothie. It's funny because I wrote that down on my notes to make sure I brought that up. <laughs> oh, really? Because I knew from my, my studies from, you know, when I was studying to be a health coach that having green in the morning is energising and I saw that that's what you needed. 
and I clung so tightly to it and you resisted the shit out of it like really until I just thought stuff it like I'm going to do this for me because I feel good like if I don't have it I feel like my knuckles are dragging on the ground so I just stopped you know nagging you for want of a better word because I tell you like my first impression of this stuff was oh my god that looks like sludge I'm not touching that. It looks feral. I'm sure it tastes like, I don't know, like grass. Like I've just, you know, <laughs> gone and had a mouthful of like lawn from outside. Like It, it looked... wasn't actually a smoothie either, really. When we put it in context, it was like kale, celery, cucumber, ginger. Like oh, yeah. The... Well, it was a green smoothie, but man, there was plenty of chunky fibrous yeah. bits in there too. It was, it was like this chunky fibrous cup full of green sludge. That's, that's how it appeared to me. And... It wasn't like, you know, you go to the cafe and you have a smoothie that's got banana and yogurt and honey and all, all this sweet stuff in it that's just like <laughs> a sugar fix in liquid form. But it was literally a really great, healthy, but disgusting looking thing. And you're right. Like, I, as I said, I wrote this down on my notes because what I remember vividly from that <laughs> is you would nag the crap out of me and I would go, hell to the no. Yeah. And then you reached a point where you're like, whatever, I'm going to keep having this for me. And and in its own right, I was like, oh, what? what? What do you mean you're just doing it for you and you're not dragging me along with it? This is really different. So it felt very different to start with. But then beyond that, I got curious because I wasn't getting nagged anymore. But look, can I try? And you probably like, in honesty, it was that point where you get where you thought, like, she's doing it and it's like kind of making a difference right i could see your energy levels changing yeah. your skin and everything else is a benefit of having all those greens right so i looked at that and went oh, maybe, maybe there's something in this uh, you know i was reluctant because I, I wanted to be right i was still desperately attached to the being right part of my psyche but eventually i tried one i went uh you know it's not as bad as i thought it actually tastes good i feel better from having it and then I asked, I said, like, can you make me one when you make them in the morning? And I just became addicted to them. Yeah. So that's, I guess, the first real thing for me where I realized about the power of letting go. And I think it's really important here to set the scene that letting go isn't like throwing your hands up in the air and saying, oh, you know, like effort, you know, like screw it. I'm just, I don't give a stuff. It's still like saying to yourself, I really would like this, but I'm not going to nag someone to the point that it pushes them away. So you don't give up the hope, you know, and this is where it's really important with parents and kids because we so desperately want our kids to eat a wide variety. And, you know, if we're really honest with ourselves, our palates didn't become a wide variety until we got older, but we cling so desperately that we want our kids to eat it that we literally do push them away. And we need to let that go and still keep your eye on the end goal that at some point they're going to eat a wider variety, but just take them on that little journey where, you know, you release the attachment to it and know that if you role model it, It'll happen. They'll right. come along. It might take... 10 you know, years. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, is it's little turtle steps. Mm. And that's what we need to stay focused on rather than it becoming this big, significant thing. Right. So there's, there's a few pieces, right? So to recap that last bit, Rome wasn't built in a day. 
Right. So, and, and when I look at the journey that Belinda and I have been on since my diagnosis with depression, the, the health evolution that we have gone through to this point, it was really a series of very small steps that became habits, mm-hmm. that became a way of life, that then became the foundation for new steps, that then became a new foundation for new steps and so on. So we've kind of gone this little staircase mm-hmm. from where we were 11 years ago to where we are now in terms of how we eat the diversity of food that we eat, that our kids eat, the fact that there's barely any packaged food that makes it its way into our life, apart from stuff we consciously choose. And, you know, we live a very different, very healthy life now compared to the way we ate oh. previously. My mood, our kids' moods are both much more stable and regulated because our body isn't constantly fighting with us about what we eat. Mm. Um, and it goes much further than just food too because when we are so attached to something, we think that this is the way it's going to always be. Mm. But our kids grow and change. That's why today they love bananas, tomorrow they don't. It drives you bloody spare. Yeah. Because they do grow and change. But just because that happens doesn't mean it's not, you know, they're going to stay like that forever. And, right. you know, releasing that this is how it needs to be right now is one of the most important things. Like when you interview people in my membership and you ask what's the biggest difference for you, it's never the actual fact that their kid is eating more. It's actually that they've actually released and let go and they feel like they've taken the pressure off themselves. Mm. And in taking the pressure off themselves, one day they look across and their kid who was the veggie resistant kid who said, I'm never going to eat it, is all of a sudden eating the carrots, for instance, that were in the middle of the table. Right. You know, I mean, it, that's a great example because our son went through that where he just uh, could not could not stand, would not touch, yeah. complained every time carrots were on his plate. Mm. And so he used to be the sort of kid when he was really, really young, he would eat everything and then some. He was like a hoover for anything, <laughs> right? And then... Then he reached a point where he just expressed a bit of personal preference and he decided, I don't like carrots anymore. I don't care how you cook them or how you don't cook them. I will not touch carrots. And we just stayed there, kept putting them on the plate, kept talking about them, pick them up. What does it feel like? What does it look like? What does it smell like? All this. But it took us probably, what, 12, 18 months maybe for him to go, okay, I'm ready to try carrots. Oh, you know, I kind of like them. And so now he will eat carrot sticks. Still not a massive fan about cooked carrot. It's interesting, like he won't have them steamed, but he'll have them in a stew. Right. So here's the thing. We all have preferences, right? Mm. And not all of this stuff applies not just to food. Like the the letting go, some of the things that I'm seeing the mums start to let go in Kids Health Quest is around their attachment to what their partners do. Yeah, like a recap of what you and I went through with the green smoothie, for instance. Exactly. I want to eat healthy vegetables and salads for lunch. My husband wants to eat fast food takeaway. Yeah. And that causes tension because the mum is really attached to the health outcome for everybody in the family, not just for herself and the kids. Mm. And again, that attachment is at the heart of the disappointment, right? Like when we are attached, when we have an expectation and the expectation is not met, then that leads to disappointment. The disappointment leads to emotional responses. It leads to anger, frustration, resentment, sadness, blah, 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 right? Like it really does just go down that rabbit hole of negativity, doesn't it? Mm. Let's just actually talk about expectation really because 
We've spoken about attachment when we so desperately want something, we cling to it and we push people away. But so does our expectation affect us. So if you're expecting that every night that dinner is going to be a shit fight while you're preparing dinner in your head, I wonder who's not going to eat it tonight or who's going to complain. And so we go to the table with all that expectation that it's going to be a shit fight. So what happens? It does. It turns turns into into a shit fight. Right. So if we actually let go of our expectation and what, excuse me, what has happened in the past and just turn up and be and be Mm. present. And focus on the fun. Yes. Well, that's another part of the Empowering Kids framework. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's another part. But I was just thinking back to what you were saying about like surfing with Indrani when I first started, right? And now like the, the kids are just having so much fun with it. They're being encouraged. There's no attachment. There's no expectation. It's just let's just have fun. Let's play. Let's let's see where this takes us, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like it really is a series of lessons that we can apply to any area of life. Like letting go as a few, huge first piece mm. to just say if we let go of all of the tension, the stress, the attachment, the emotion, all the stuff, then that letting go can translate into more peace for us personally, mm. and then a more peaceful environment because the kids or the other people in our family or in our life and no longer feeling like they need to meet our expectations. So there's no pressure. And I mean, I've spoken about like some woo-woo energy stuff on this podcast before, so it's not going to come as a surprise to people, but I really believe that the energy that we put out, the intention, or as you say, the feeling behind the doing, Mm. right? The energy that we hold behind the actions that we take is a huge driver of the outcome. Oh, and so, so much at the dinner table. I right. Mean, let's just talk about your energy coming to the dinner table. If you're already wound up after the day and you're already in your head thinking about how it's not going to go well, someone's going to complain, someone's not going to eat, um, and then on top of that you're already thinking about, okay, I need dinner to be finished by 6 o'clock so I can get them showered and then into bed. So you're already out there. You're bringing all of that stress to the table. Meanwhile, the kids are coming to their table thinking, oh, mum's going to nag me about eating the broccoli again. They're already wound up. So you've got these two lots of energy that are like so jumbled and messed up that, you know, there is no peace. And our kids are like little antennas, right? So as soon as we come and um, for all the parents in the audience, you can relate to this, but if you're not a parent, Think about this with context of like your parents or your friends. You know, whenever someone is feeling shitty, everyone else picks up on it like it's an antenna. Mm. Our kids are like that dialed up to 11. Whatever energy we bring as parents to the dinner table, to the, the beach with the surfboards, to whatever, the kids tune into and pick up on and it's all amplified massively. So for them... Yeah. They feel it, but then it has other impacts because it makes them feel uncomfortable. It makes them feel tight in the stomach or anxious or upset or resistant. You do listen to what I say. I always listen to what you say. Well, I can't say always. I can't say always. Let's be truthful here. Full disclosure. I mostly, but I, you know, I could probably deliver half of your webinars for you because I've heard them that many times. But the beauty of that too is, you know, this non-attachment, this letting go thing. It's the same with the place that we both are in our businesses now because we've come to this agreement, right, where you have let go of me out of the root cause 
I have let go of the expectations that I had about how my coaching business was going to ramp up and unfold. And we're both just operating from a place of peace and relaxation and trust, like a real faith, a real trust, excuse me, salt water, um, that it's all unfolding the way it's supposed to, Mm. right? Like it's all unfolding the way it's supposed to. And releasing our own attachment and expectations has just given each of us the freedom to step into our own purpose. Yeah. Right. Like the work that I'm doing now lights me up in a way that despite how much I love and believe in the root cause, I was just never quite lit up in the same way. Oh, I know that. You know that, right? Like, and it took us a long time to come to that sort of truth between us about that as well, because we both had so much expectation and so much stuff (laughs) wrapped up. Right. But when we let go of all that too, And now me stepping out of the root cause and letting you go as the CEO and as the leader of the business and releasing any attachment I had to how it should look and how it should work, you're going in leaps and bounds, right? Like the the business is growing. You've got amazing deals with health departments in Queensland. You've got an incredible business, like online business manager who is helping you grow your, your campaigns and your marketing. And I'm just sort of sitting back going, damn, she's doing so well. Better, I would say, than if I was still in there throwing my two cents in all the time. Yeah, and look, I think this is, it's actually a really interesting thing. You've used the um, the words an energy handbrake in yeah. co- of the conversations. So I would encourage parents or anyone out there who is trying to get someone to do something that they want to actually think about, are you being an energy handbrake? Mm. You know, are is all of your your own stuff, is that actually putting the brakes on? Um, because, you know, if you go back to that stand in the middle of a circle drawn around your own feet, you can't actually control what they're doing. But if you're taking a whole lot of stuff into that, then that that's possibly putting the brake on them. They're like, well, hang on, hang on, I'm not ready. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the the energy you bring to something can totally shift uh, the way people respond, right? And so letting go creates that space for things to flow, mm. for people to find their own groove, for each of us to sort of find what makes us happy and joyful, what makes us have peace and contentment and fulfilment in our day, And it also means that I would say our relationship has never been better Mm. as a husband and wife since we really embraced this in our business and in our relationship and in how each of us show up. Because let's be honest, like 15 months ago, we uncovered that we were in some pretty funky spaces with our relationship and it required both of us to let go and get out of the other person's business and just really kind of pull back into our own lane and and that again draw the circle around your feet it was about the same time we started working with super coach lisa, lisa carpenter, carpenter yeah. right who has made a massive difference in our lives but that that whole that whole identification that that there were unhealthy truthfully they were codependent patterns going on between us mm. when we each experienced letting go and like from both parts, both sides, each of us realized, whew, 
now that I'm just looking after me, life is a lot lighter and easier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. So much. Right. I mean, I we both had so much crap tied up in in our attachment to how things should go, right? Like I know for you, you were very attached to how I would show up in the day with my mental health and with my mood and that kind of stuff. I was very attached to how you would show up in the business and what you would do for growing the root cause. And in both situations, neither of it was healthy. Mm. And when we released that and when we let go, key word, letting go, when we really released and let go of that, it created space for each of us to just find our own level, to find our own path and to feel the freedom of expressing ourselves in that pure sort of sense. Yeah. I think if we're looking at people thinking, do I really have anything to let go of? I really encourage you to tune in and listen to the things that you're saying on repeat in your head and write them down and then you go okay I need to I need to change the way I'm thinking about this you know like so I'm just going to give you an example that I use all the time because I can't tell you how many mums say my son or my daughter's a picky eater or a fussy eater Mm. and so what we do is we actually put that kid in a box we've given them a label that says you're a picky and fussy eater and that's the way you're going to be forever. And then we take that into everything. Whereas if we actually just say, you know, like we change the dialogue that we're saying, we're saying my at the moment my child has preferences and we're looking at widening the variety they eat, it's a world of possibility, right? Like you've taken them out of that box and you're just accepting them that for right now, They don't like peas, they don't like broccoli, they might like like, carrots. But we're working on how do we expand that? Like how much more freeing is that for Mm. you and for the kids? Now, as an adult, there are four very clear examples I can give of the exact same thing that are differences between Belle and I. Anchovies, (laughs) sardines, oysters, (laughs) and um, what was the fourth one? Blue cheese. Now, I'm okay with blue cheese now, but... When we first met, you were mad for it. And yeah. I was like, well, that tastes like socks. That's horrible, right? And it's the same thing. So think about as adults too, we each carry all our, our own preferences. Some adults can't stand peas or they just don't like broccoli or whatever, but there are a range of other things they do eat. Mm. And it's the same as cast your mind back. Adults, I'm assuming I'm talking to adults primarily here, those of age of, over the age of alcohol permission. The first time you had a drink of beer or wine, it tasted feral. Do you not think? Like, do you not remember that? The first time I tasted beer, I was like, this is disgusting. There's no way I'm ever going to enjoy yeah, drinking no, this. I can't remember that. Too many first, years ago. Right. <laughs> too many glasses of wine under the bridge. <laughs> the, the, the first time I tasted red wine, I was like, oh, that's rugged. You know, it wasn't sweet enough. It was really bitter. It was really astringent. It was all the, all the stuff that mm. now characterizes a great bottle of red. But... Those things too are just other examples of we have preferences, our palates change over time. And, you know, I think there was, I think just bringing this back, like when we can actually accept that other people have their preferences mm. and we accept that. And that true acceptance is, is the letting go of them being other than they are. Yeah, that there's something wrong. Right. That there are problems to be fixed. Yes, that we're not trying to fix them. When we release that attachment to they have to be a certain way that I think, 
You know, I can think of like many experiences with all of my siblings that I wish that they would be a different way and I had to learn that they are on their own path and they are amazing humans as they are, regardless of what I have in my own head. Mm. Same with my kids, same with the surfing. Like it just all comes full circle, right? Like this really is just such a beautiful topic that can be like a super important foundation of massive transformation in any area of your life that you choose to apply it to. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's it's one of those things that Kids Health Quest has come so far. Like when we first started, you know, what was it, maybe 18 months ago, it was really about let's just get the kids having more fun with food, you know, like because food is a fun experiment. Like mm. that's our tagline in Kids Health Quest. But as we've really got in there, what we've actually identified is that Food becomes fun for everybody, but it is more than about the food. It's about the connection that it builds. I just actually got a bit emotional there. Is um, how families are actually coming together and they're having conversations. And it's not just at the dinner table. You know, like they're doing things in the kitchen. Like, I mean, you and Indrani doing the dishes together. and Yeah, you know, like, like listening to music and talking and bantering and stuff. Like, yeah. So... The the letting go of our kids are a problem to be fixed around food and focusing on who do I need to be to build a positive relationship with food. But it's not just like food. It's like everything that it takes to bring food. Mm. It's the planning. It's the prepping. It's, you know... How do you walk in the door after you've been, well, not many people are walking through doors at the moment with lockdown after yeah. work. You know, after like, you finish work, how do you walk through the hallway <laughs> door from your bedroom where you've been working all day? So <laughs> I, I think um, it, it can apply to everything, even if you've got a colleague at work who ticks you off. Mm, you know, like, yeah, again. Releasing your attachment, your expectation to how they show up. Yeah, and, um, and while we're talking about work, think about a time when you've been at work where, someone's been micromanaging you, have you actually enjoyed the experience or has it ticked you off? Because in a way, that's what we kind of do with our, our kids. Yeah, 100%. Like, I mean, there are points to that, right? Like when our kids are really little, they need to be micromanaged oh. so they end up on the freeway, okay? But, yes. but <laughs> the point is that as they grow and develop and they learn, we grow and develop and learn, but often we still treat them like they need to be micromanaged and kept in boxes or kept in cotton wool or, or whatever. And, and we're denying them. This is the part that's actually the real kicker, right? Like when we, when we have expectations that we put onto somebody else, we deny them the freedom to truly express who they are. Mm. We yeah, really, so. we, we cut off the opportunity for them to be fully embodied and, and expressing who they are in their spirit and soul level, right? Yeah, we totally disempower them. We, you know, right. like we're, it's almost like we're saying we don't think that you're capable, mm. which is pretty like as a parent, when you think of that, it's like, oh, I mean, punch. as an adult, if someone said to you, you are not capable, it's like a gut punch. It's horrible. Yeah. yeah. All right. So letting go. Yes. Step number one in the Empowering Kids framework. Yes, it is. So there's two things that we have on the cards, depending on when people listen to this podcast. It's going to be released quite quickly, but it still may take a little time to be able to get it through their, uh, their feed. And so what I can say that I am aware you have on the cards are 
an empowering kids masterclass. I do. So this is where you can go into a little bit. Or as as listener, dear listener, you can get more detail from my amazing wife, <laughs> from my person, and get more um, tools and and tips and insights about how to uh, understand and apply these these empowering kids steps into your life as a parent. And I mean, it also, as we've said, it also applies to other parts of our lives, but primarily, Belle, your work yeah, is with look, kids. My, yeah, my work, my passion is to help parents empower their kids to make better food choices because when, look, the reality is, is they're going to have to navigate food for the rest of their life, whether we're there or not. And we have to actually allow them. Oh, my God, them, we're gone. <laughs> oh, my God. We have inside to, joke, sorry. Um, we have to empower them so that, you know, they can actually make a conscious call for themselves outside of our life. And I had an interesting conversation with a mum recently who she said, oh, I just don't let any of that food into the house. And um, I said to her, look, that's awesome because you've made it easy for your kids not to eat it at home. But what are you doing to help them navigate that outside of the home? Mm. Because, you know, if you tell a kid that you can't have like sugar, for instance, because they're just about everything. As soon as they get out, you know, they they want it. And the the thing is, is we've put it on a pedestal without even realising it Mm. because we've made it unattainable at home. So anyway, I go into a lot more of this in the Empowering Kids. This is true. I'm just thinking, (laughs) I'm just doing rapid up motions for those of you not watching the video (laughs) recording, like it's time to see a wrap this up. Anyway, so my Empowering Kids Masterclass is on the 8th and the 9th of, September. There's three different time frames and you can get that at going to therootcalls.com.au forward slash masterclass. True story. And I'll give you five strategies, simple things that you can take away. And I will also link to that website in the show notes. So that's easy for the punters to find. Now, the other thing is you've spoken a lot about the Kids Health Quest mm. membership. Now, this is Something that Belle and I built together during lockdown 1.0 back in early 2020 (laughs) when we were kicked out of schools, we were kicked out of everything and told to stay home. And we just thought, well, you know, we've been talking about this idea for a couple of years now. Let's just build it. And this is Mm. before I realized that my ultimate passions lied elsewhere. But super proud of, I'm super proud of what Kids Health Quest has become. Me too. and, And the impact that it's had on the families that have been in it. And, you know, taking themselves as parents and their kids on this journey of discovery and experimentation and and truly having empowering conversations about food, about waste, about sleep, about all the different elements that make mm. up the conversation about how we fuel and nourish our bodies and then the impact that that has on how we show up everywhere else in our life. So if you've got kids or even if you've got grandkids or if you think that you have some friends with kids then you know the empowering kids masterclass is definitely the place to start but if you miss the boat on that when you hear this podcast episode please jump on to the waitlist for kids health quest it only opens a couple of times a year mm. so you go to therootcause.com.au forward slash quest again in the show notes and that will give you um, a whole lot more of a rundown about what's in the program and how with everything that Belinda and I initially built and now what Belinda has taken it and, and given it wings to to become, how that can potentially really 
not potentially, how that will massively change and transform your family's relationship to food and health. Mm. We've just had that many success stories. I can't even begin to like to say that there's any question. It will, you know, if you, if you're the kind of person that wants to buy a program and just expect it to do all the hard work and the heavy lifting for you and you just kind of sit back and don't change at all and don't do the work. Let's be real, you don't, there is no such thing as a course or a program where, you know, you, you sit back and you read something and it magically works. Yeah, like I mean, we, the, the application of all this stuff is where the rubber yeah. hits the road and it's where the true change and the true transformation occurs. So this is where, like anything, but the beauty in this is that when we see parents, and I'm still involved, so I still see this, but when parents take on the simple steps in the Empowering Kids framework and they do some of the cook-alongs and they do some of the experiment quests with their kids, mm. light bulbs go on through the entire family We've got families now who the mums have lost weight that they just didn't expect they'd ever lose. Husbands have stopped eating meat pies and hamburgers for lunch and are starting to eat like steamed veggies and salad. Right. We've got kids who have gone from eating one type of vegetable and very little else other than chicken nuggets now to eating a really wide variety of stuff, making their own food from scratch, cooking meals for the family. Like it really is about giving kids and families a huge um like training and skill around nurturing their one body for life and being able to take those skills into adulthood like it's it's like a training ground for all the stuff that we really well it's what you don't get at school anymore like yeah that's years right ago, you used you know, to... like, but even i mean home economics and stuff now for all of the amazing humans that teach that often it still focuses on here's how you make a cake and here's how you <laughs> yes. do you know cupcakes and all the rest of it like it's it's less about the practical everyday food that, that can keep us healthy and, and, you know, with longevity. It's more about the stuff that's going to get the kids excited because it tastes sweet. Yeah. Look, I think the, the thing that I'm most proud of and wasn't, was not on my radar when I, you know, dreamed up Kids Health Quest, it was really, uh, it, it's just the connection for families mm. that has, has come out of it. You know, like right, like the, families sitting at the dinner table and sharing their day, rather than everyone taking their plate to their bedroom and eating in private. Yeah, I that. mean, like, there's mums who you know have tweens that were at an impasse with their kids, not eating. They would go off to their room, who are now connecting. There's families who are, you know, now at the stage where their mums are learning that they need to release and not try to do it all, mm. and so giving their kids jobs that... Because we don't know anything about that in our household, about doing it all and over-functioning for everybody else. No. Or like that, do we? No, no, not at all. Well, see, I mean, that's, that is also the gift to this, right? Because everything you and I have been learning through our... It, it applies, right? It does. Like it's one of the things that we hear from, from one of my mentors, Jim Fortin, what's most personal is most general. So mm-hmm. the stuff that we think is our like deepest, darkest, most shameful idiosyncrasy everybody else is going through something that's kind of the same because we're all humans. We're all having the same kind of experience and we're all going through the same crap. So um, anyway, we need to wrap up. It's been such a pleasure <laughs> to have you on my podcast, my lovely wife. And thank you, my love. I'm thrilled that you get to take this work further into, you know, into people's lives who really need it. So remember again, jump on the, the show notes and look up the Empowering Kids Masterclass and, and or the Kids Health Quest membership. Mm. Remember the power of letting go 
And what I will ask, right? So I always, at the end of my episodes, turn it around to you. I want you to think about what is one simple area in your life that you can let go or where perhaps where you need to let go, where you've been carrying a lot of attachment and carrying a lot of heaviness or a lot of significance or intensity about something. And think about what might it look like if you were to simply let go of the attachment. And this is a point that I didn't quite make earlier that I intended to, which is about it's possible to be committed to an outcome and not attached to the outcome. Yeah, I guess that was what I was talking about. Like you don't throw your hands up in the air and say, fuck it. Exactly. You don't (laughs) prepare. Um, You know, like you're still committed to it actually happening at some point. It's just not like right in front of your face that it yeah. needs to be now it's it's like a long-term game right like so for me and i know we said yeah let's wrap it up and we're about to go <laughs> on a new conversation but like surfing for my kids i've always been committed to role model what surfing gives to me yeah right exercise time in nature a beautiful joyful experience where it is just so fun and is just such a, an experience of play for me as a 43 year old man i laugh like a little kid when i'm out in the water and i love it because of that mm. but then Excuse me, sorry, speaking of that, I keep getting this salt water from the surf. Um, But then I knew that if I simply focused on my end of it, of having fun and role modeling that for my kids and stayed committed to always being in that kind of energy about surfing, that eventually they would see that and they would go, oh, I'll have what he's having. Mm. I want to learn. I want to hang out with dad and participate in something that's really meaningful to him. Because we do that with our parents. We take an interest in their interests. So that's where my commitment held, but I released my attachment to it happening on my time frame or how I wanted it to look. Mm. And so that's what's led to the ultimate joy, which is taking us full circle to the start of this episode where I've just come out of the surf this morning with both of my kids. Yeah. Now I'm also committed to this lovely human <laughs> of mine getting back on her surfboard at some point, but I'm not attached to that. I know that it will happen when the time's right. Yes. It will. Oh, yeah, look at the face. That is great. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm on the spot, right? All right. So I would like to say wherever you are in the world, thank you so very much for joining Belinda and I for this first guest interview episode of the Illuminating Lives podcast. I'm your host, Israel Smith. I'll see you again soon with a new episode. And I wish for you that you have the most incredible time in the meantime. Remember to let go of your attachment and stay committed to the long game. I'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. It's no secret that I have been doing personal development and growth work for a very long time. It's one of the ways that I continue to improve myself and how I show up in my life for myself, for my wife, for my kids, for my colleagues, for my friends, for my family. And it's one of the ways that I have used to 
learn to better handle and treat my own symptoms of depression and anxiety and melancholy and all the other sort of stuff that tends to show up in my life emotionally or, or mental health wise. And one of the sources of that, particularly in the last 18 months or so, one of the biggest contributing factors has been working with a mentor of mine, a guy called Jim Fortin. Now, Jim is an incredible human. He has decades of experience in neuro-linguistic programming and uh, he's a trained hypnotherapist or, or hypnotist for self-hypnosis and reprogramming our subconscious mind. And he has a really remarkable way of viewing and teaching actually all about this kind of stuff, about how we live, the choices we make, who we are being in that moment and how pivotal that is and how we tend to have our life ass about face, if you'll excuse the very Australian expression. And I would like to invite you, he's just released a new free training called the Be, Do, Have series. I really want to invite you to check it out. There's a link in the show notes for it. I am going to be doing his transformational coaching program again when it reopens in, I don't know, a few weeks. Um, that's been one of my uh, favorite and most impactful courses I've done in the last 10 years since I was diagnosed with depression. And this training is absolutely free. So you get to experience a good chunk of how Jim works and who he is and what he, uh, what techniques he uses to help you move your own life in the direction you want to go. So like I said, I really encourage you to sign up for his Be Do Have training. The link's in the show notes. Uh, I'll be in there participating as well. And yeah, I can't wait to see you. So good luck with that. And let me know if you decide to join up and be a part of that group with me. All right, that's all for now. And I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Illuminating Lives podcast. It's been a pleasure having you with me and I'm really grateful for your time and attention. If you resonated with this episode, please leave me a great five-star review in your favorite podcast app and please share these podcast episodes with your friends and family, with your loved ones, with your significant other, with anyone who you think might benefit from the things that I have to say and share. Make sure you subscribe so that every time I record a new episode, it pops up in your feed. If you're interested in working with me directly or you want to continue this conversation, please hit me up on social media. Most places I'm at Israel P. Smith, uh, or you can visit my website directly, which is israelsmith.com. And there you can learn about my coaching and other services. Thanks again for joining me on the Illuminating Lives podcast. And I hope you have a great day.